Hi there, welcome to Forward After 50. I'm Rebecca Ronane and I'm on a mission to empower women to age positively. Women over 50 are often overlooked, even invisible. Yet we are an untapped market of skills and disposable income. We live in an age of inclusivity, but what about aging? In this podcast, I'll share ideas and interviews with people on topics including fighting ageism, positive aging, confidence, reinvention, freedom of choice, and so much more. Let's move away from the negative aging bias to recognize that women over 50 are a force to be reckoned with. In my book, Forward After 50, The Rising Reinventors, I interviewed 10 women on various aspects of aging. The fear of aging came up with everyone I spoke to, including my guest today, Janine Kathleen Shapiro, who is the founder of Janine Kathleen. We discussed some of the fears many of us think aging might bring. We also talked about enjoying aging and understanding the aging cycle. The challenges of reinventing who you are today and moving beyond the fear of aging. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's a privilege to be here. Well, I am the founder of Janine Kathleen, where we work with personal leadership coaching and psychic healing. And I primarily help women 42 plus reset their mindset, their heart set, and their gut set so that they can have clarity, redefine their purpose, and refire their life up and know that where they're going can actually help them achieve those dreams and goals and desires. Although I dislike the word goals, we will, most people understand that. So (laughs) refire and help. And for me, it's about understanding that life is fluid, allow it to flow. And guess what? We can change. Lovely. I would um, also, people will, at the end of the show, will tell people where they can connect with you as well if they would like to know a little bit more thank you so Janine you were kindly one of my interviewees as I explained before and you answered lots of questions but different questions came up and different answers which perhaps I didn't use in the book which I'd like to dive deeper into now, I had 10 interviewees for my book, Forward mm-hmm. After 50, and fear of aging actually came up with almost everyone I spoke to. Mm-hmm. What's a fear you think that you might have associated with age? Um, well, for me, that fear of aging, I turned it around, number one, because I know that what you focus on grows. For me, both my mother and my grandmother developed what the medical world calls dementia. And I decided I'm unavailable to play that game. 
I choose to have full memory, full capacity, full coordination, full everything right up until the day my spirit transitions. And for me, it was to sit and look at, well, what, you know, what are the possibilities? What are the probabilities? And where is imprinting a factor? And where can I release that imprinting and programming and say, that was your choice. My choice is to, yes, mature. I, I actually feel that aging is um, programmed into us and we can reverse the program. Yes, our bodies get to a point where they say enough is enough and let's uh, go home. You go home and I'm going back to the earth or the what you call it, the crematorium or wherever we go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to be a diplomatic here. I'm working on being diplomatic here. But the bottom line is, that is a very real fear that I pick up in people. And interestingly enough, younger people, not even uh, more mature people. And I feel also, for me, it was about a loss of independence more than anything else. So, yes, I've done quite extensive work on, uh, on that particular issue, around that issue. Mindset work, heart set work, and moving forward with it. Mm. But you did see that... Uh pre the work that you've spent yes. on that and that yes. was something that Bob yeah. did initially yes. and decided yeah. to work on and focus on yeah. you talked about reinventing into the person you are now and mm -hmm. integrating the person you were with yes. who you are today yes. can you explain a little as to what you mean and the challenges that you have faced during that process? In fact, the, the challenges started even before the process. <laughs> you know, when you just feel like you're missing something and something's not quite in place. And I, I feel it's because I started looking for the pieces of the puzzle that I felt were unavailable at that time for my life. And integrating who I am, it was about, I had gifts that I'd never, I never consciously knew about. And as I started making them conscious and then integrating them consciously into my life, realizing that, oh, well, you know what, as I mature, as I move on in life, these gifts actually can expand and grow. It, I did find though, it's to work at them, it's to allow them and it's to receive them at a deeper level. This meant clearing previous programming. This meant clearing previous beliefs. This meant clearing beliefs that actually were never mine. I took them on from my parents, my family, my society, and that sort of thing. And that is where the challenge came in. What actually is mine? What is theirs? And several modalities have come forward since then. So for me, it was exploring what is my persona? What is my personality? Where have I taken on, on from other people? And where am I being rather than doing? And that for me was quite, a, it was a, quite a journey. And then when I came across various things and I learned that, oh, well, gee whiz, it's okay to be intuitive. It's okay to be able to explore and investigate and that not everybody gets to do that. They have their own journey. And the integration of bringing in who I am into who I thought I was is where the challenges came in. Because remember, people around us don't like us to change because then we open space for their change. Mm. 
And people very often try and keep us where we were so they can stay where they think they were. Unfortunately for everyone, summer comes after spring, which comes after winter, which comes after autumn, which comes you know, after summer. So that cycle moves on, life moves on. And that is the reinvention. Yes, we get to reinvent ourselves each day, releasing who we were into, well, who can I be today? What is the fun I would like to have today? And where would I like to go with this? What is my vision? And it's quite interesting because yes, we have a vision for five years. The important thing is to be in today because we may not be here in an hour's time or even tomorrow. And that is the gift we give ourselves. And that was something I, I I can't say I struggled with that because I'm always thinking, oh, well, I can do it this way and I can do this tomorrow. I can do, well, what am I doing today? And that was the integration of who am I being now? That for me was uh, what came forward. I hope I've answered the question. Well, I'm, I'm, I think you have um, more than answered the question, but I, you know, it is quite interesting how you bring up, you know, is that fear of change, but mm. also how you speak about that generally other people around you, you know, you, you can actually evolve into someone that they are not familiar with. Yes. And that yeah. is very challenging for other people as well as yourself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's also, um, yeah, dealing with that as well. It's putting ourselves forward first, isn't it? Which yes. is sometimes yeah. very difficult for a lot of people. Yes. Well, we've been taught not to. Um, I know I was brought up, children are seen and not heard. Well, we all have an inner child and that inner child goes, oh, but I was told I should be seen and not heard. And in fact, a lot of people are told you shouldn't be seen or heard. And then they get to work with that inner child and move beyond it. Um, and something, Rebecca, that I have discovered as well is the power of mirroring and the power of uh, projecting. It's quite a large concept, so we may not delve into it here. What I can say about it is as we mature, as we choose to move forward to create differently in our life, people are allowed to change. And when we change, we choose to stop being a mirror for other people their expectations of us what they're choosing to learn and when we decide we are going to reinvent ourselves we're able to release our mirroring of what other people require and see what they're mirroring to us and then put the work in around it and that has ripple effects that are very very powerful when we choose to do it in a creative rather than a constricted and a destructive way hmm. you mentioned in our conversations, which is now a couple of years ago, actually, <laughs> that in your 20s, you became well aware of aging. Yes. And what it meant for, at the time, people over 50. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know how did that make you feel? Were you were curious? Were, were you judgmental? Or were you dismissive? Or even all three? I, I don't feel I was dismissive. It actually allowed me to see the fears. And it, it really, when I was faced with my parents aging, 
and my grand, who I was very close to, is aging. It helped me understand that they're different concepts. Sadly, though, I still had to deal with the, um, could I say, resentment of them aging and knowing that it could be a mirror for me and that I could choose differently. When I was in my 20s, because of my nursing and because of my, I, I was unaware of it then, my curiosity about exploring various things and being a midwife, this lady was, I, I met a woman who said, I help people birth into their middle age and I help them birth into further aging. And I was very intrigued with that and the way she explored it and she explained it, especially around menopause made me stop and understand that life is a cycle, it's a process, and that it was the beginning of understanding of living in the present. I just didn't always understand it fully. I did have to face judgment, judgment of, well, maybe if they eat better, maybe if they change their mindset, maybe. And then I started looking at the, as I grew out of my 20s into my 30s, I started looking at it, well, guess what? When you're judging things, go and look inside of yourself for what the fear is. And that brought other things forward, brought other ways forward. What the challenge then was, I was living somebody else's dream. I was unaware of my gifts and I was unaware that I was taking on other people's judgments and fears around their particular path and cycle in life. And when I look back at it retrospectively, I there are days I really wish I had known about my understanding, my intuition, my clairsentience, because I feel I would have been able to help people at a much deeper level and a more authentic level. I would have understood that it wasn't my emotion, it wasn't my fear, and been able to help them at a, a more expansive way. It would have also helped me let go of some of the rage inside that I was totally unaware of and was coming bubbling up. So it's very multifaceted. Great question. But you were in your 20s. Do you think anyone in their 20s would have the tools to be able to have? Yes, I do. When I look at my daughter, she's in her 20s. And because of what I was experiencing, because of her understanding of spirituality, because of her understanding of her giftings, yes, we could have had those tools. And yet they were kept from us. They were unavailable to us because of other people's beliefs and fears around knowingness, around exploration, and because of community awareness. And I will say that is one of the things that I really am so grateful that I did start discovering my gifts while my daughter was um, in her teens. And that by my moving forward, I empowered her to move forward with the result is she does have, she's still growing into them. Let's be honest. She's still growing into them. She's still in her twenties and yet she has a far greater awareness. And when I listen to her friends, they don't always have the same awareness as she has. And there is a possibility. And because of it, she's been able to bring more awareness for them through her understanding and knowledge so yes 
people in their 20s can have this knowledge. In fact, I sat with a young man yesterday from a networking, well, the other day, I don't think it was his, I can't remember when, he's 25, and his grasp on the concept of cycles of aging and um, his depth of understanding, I looked and I went, wow, I only started developing that much later. And I do feel the world has sped up a bit as far as that goes. So, yes, that's also very expansive to explore that and look at it. Mm, I, I, interestingly enough, in a conference that I was in yesterday, we spoke about a woman who is actually 18 years old. And I had a conversation with her a couple of years, well, not a couple of years ago, but yeah, a year or so ago about aging and that's what she was studying and mm -hmm. I just thought what she talked about and how wise she was made me feel very um, joyful actually as mm -hmm. to how the generations the young the young generation I don't really like that expression but that's the way it is can uh, and will have tools to move forward that uh, could really enhance their lives enormously. Um, very exciting. I, I agree with that. Also, people are living longer. So I feel that, um, as you say, the younger generation, the let's say the school leaving, the school and school leaving generation are becoming more and more aware of it. They're also seeing what their parents are going through. And because the, of the differences in communication and comprehension that we have now, an expansion of mindset. I mean, I don't know about you, Rebecca, but people were considered old at 50. And now you're considered only old when you're in your 90s. And that's a huge difference. I mean, that's a 40-year shift. And I, I'm seeing it more and more that people are are looking to understand the cycles of life. Mm, very, and how exciting is that? I think it's it's very exciting. And me too. However, let's uh, jump back to the ugly word of ageism. Mm. ask uh, yourself have you experienced ageism or do you feel actually that you are ever ageist yes I do feel I'm ageist <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and from the perspective of we have so many opportunities to shift away from it and when I encounter people who say oh I can't use the internet what is the reason you can't? You manage to walk quite fine. Your fingers are pretty good. Oh, well, you know, this, that. No. And it's people of my peer group that I have ageism about because they refuse to expand. They are unavailable to look at what else is possible. And I go, really? Let's just look at this mindset. And yet then you have others who are in their 80s that are very fluent with whatever the technology is that they enjoy. So I have to say there's a duality inside of myself. I do resent, though, that we are still being held to insurance norms that people are being forced to retire at 60 and 65 when they still have the potential of living another 40 years. What are they supposed to do? Where can they contribute? 
And that's where I feel um, a lot is being asked to be addressed. And I heard the other day, I was speaking to a young man of 40, and he was saying, well, in his area, if you are 35 and younger, you can get work. So 36 and above, you told you're too old. And I'm going, oh, my word. And I just thought, goodness, we have different ends of the spectrum in different communities, different cultures. And it's it's quite an eye-opening experience. And I'm going, I'm 20 years older than you, and I'm still excited for the next 40 years of working, of contributing, of being part of expansion. And here you accepting that you're old at 40. No, you haven't even started living yet. Indeed. Yes. That's a frightening conversation you had with him when you think someone of uh, that age has the possibility to live to 100 plus. I know. I mean, he's negating 60 years. Not him. The the workforce uh, opportunities are being restricted. But hopefully that, that will change and the... The... Well, a whole government would have to, um, yes, let's avoid politics, shall we? Right. <laughs> and of course, that's so different in different countries. And there are countries that are addressing that more than others, for sure. Yes. In my research, yes. I did realise that. And yeah. the opportunities of what they call the silver economy going forward and the contribution of people over 60 70 80 or whoever wants to work will be I think important for all countries eventually but some countries will have maybe a little bit slow in realizing that well I feel by having conversations like you've opened we can shift the collective consciousness because as we bring awareness, as we spark understanding, it allows people to move from one consciousness to another consciousness that you is. Maybe I'm still young. Maybe there's a possibility that I can do my own thing and create my own way forward. Again, it comes down to awareness and education. I do feel education has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. I mean, that's I think that's something that we've discussed in in many of our discussions, the Mm -hmm. frustration with education. My education, for example, had no uh, relevance to my life. Exactly. And I hope that today (laughs) there is some relevance with the people who are being educated now with their lives going forward. But who knows? Because we're, you know, life changes. Yes, whole concepts get to change. I was reading a book um, this morning before the call about how even Darwin's theory no longer holds, Newton's theory no longer holds. And when you look at the quantum and just the fact that they've discovered that our DNA has nothing in common with um, where people thought we came from. It's not even a shift and a change. And I mean, those are really vast concepts for people to shift and change on. So yes, let's keep having conscious conversations and shift the consciousness. I think it's all about remaining curious, wanting to explore and accepting 
the possibilities which you mentioned earlier on say for example with technology Mm -hmm. not to have a resistance not to fall into the stereotype oh I'm of a certain age I don't know Mm -hmm. a young person will know automatically a lot more than I therefore I must ask a younger person and you know, you may equally ask someone who is older who may have studied the same. Yes. <laughs> get out of the age yes. group. <laughs> yes. Well, I say let's go and play a game together and explore this together. And uh, I learn, I, I will say, Rebecca, I will more often go to YouTube and Google than my, a younger person because I go and find people our age bracket because they explain it in the way that we understand. And also just playing around with it. I don't know about you, but as a child, there was always a fear that if you break things, you're going to be punished because things were not as... Um, replaceable as they are now even from a financial perspective and uh, many people have a fear of breaking things and the punishment that comes with it and it's to move beyond that and say well if it breaks somebody will fix it yes and going down that route it's also our education uh, created the idea and the fear of failure Yes, yes. And also that one, only one person, a figure of authority, understands what to do. No, you have, we, you and I and everybody has everything they need within them. I know many times I've gone, okay, I have no one to ask. What do I do next? You, I can never explain to you how I fixed whatever the challenge was. I fixed it. Yes. And I have no idea how I fixed it and I don't actually care so long as it's fixed. Indeed. Yes, Absolutely. You mentioned in our conversations way back when uh, that you love the transition to being over 50. Can you describe why? (laughs) Because there's a freedom that you don't necessarily understand. We, in our uh, cycle on this earth, we did not necessarily understand. I, I really, for myself, I was, you know what? I'm old enough now to say what I feel. And I'm old enough that if you don't like it, that's your problem rather than my problem. And I'm also at an age where if I don't like something inside of myself, it's my responsibility and I'm accountable to myself to get off my butt and go and do something about it. And if I would like something, get up and go and do it. Whereas before I am... I didn't always, you know, you've got to conform, you've got to be part of it. Well, I'm peculiar and I own it, and that's great. And if you don't like, and if the person doesn't like it, they must go and look inside themselves to see what I'm triggering inside of them. And if they trigger me, I'm I'm able to say, guess what? Go sort it out, deal with it. Because I've seen over and over again as I deal with it, my children are able to expand, my partner's able to expand, and that in its turn, as they expand, creates space for me to expand. It's almost as like my mom always used to say the worm turns at 40. And I've come to understand, yes, as women's hormones and men's hormones shift at 40, it's about 42 people start asking questions, they start becoming curious. And when they hit 50, they go, you know what? Let me start owning what I am and who I am and where I can shift and change. And because, as you've so rightly mentioned, as we come into that age, our parents are moving into another stage of life. 
I always say it's almost like you leave, your children leave home and your parents move in or you move in with your parents, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I'm very blessed that, and I do say this, my parents both chose to transition, um, which in some ways is sad. And in other ways, I'm very glad for them. Um, because like I mentioned, my mom had dementia and my dad was just done. He couldn't see, he couldn't hear. And they were they were unwilling to face the inner challenges at that time. And I look at it and I look at people who are now dealing with their parents who don't have that understanding that we can shift and change. They are feeling less than rather than understanding they have something to contribute. So yes, turning 50 for me was a milestone that helped me move more into my gifts, my powers, and to understand that I get to choose whether I'm moving forward or not. So do you recommend turning 50 then? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I love my birthday and I enjoy every single birthday. And in January 2024, when I turn 60, I'm thoroughly going to enjoy it as well. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) So Janine, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I will put everything in the show notes, but just remind us, if people would like to connect with you, uh, be on your Facebook page, follow you on Instagram or work with you, let us know where we can do that. Well, I would love you to come and find me and just share your points of view and your perspectives. It's Janine Kathleen with a K and uh, you'll find me all over social media. And my website is janinekathleen.com. Over there, you'll get to see the three legs of my business with the four principles that I follow that actually will help us all age gracefully, elegantly, and have enormous fun doing it. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Janine. No, thank you, Rebecca. I thoroughly enjoy chatting with you always. Thank you for listening to Forward After 50. I hope you've enjoyed some of the insights shared with you today. Is it your time to step into your power, be fearless and live your best life after 50? Then learn more about limiting beliefs around aging and how to reinvent yourself positively. Check out the links in the show notes and my website, rebeccaronane.com and book a virtual chat to find out how I can help you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my show and share it with your friends. Here's to your reinvention.